The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. John D. Coleman is the founder. Uh, today we have a, a powerful special show. Um, I reached out to see if I could get a person that I heard speak at Panorama of Truth last month in Montego Bay, Mae McCarthy, the author of Path to Wealth. How are you doing, uh, May? I am just great, Reverend Galen. How about you? I'm excellent, excellent. I'm excited about uh, having you on the show. Um, before I ask you a little bit about the back, your background so the audience who might not be aware of your work can know more about you, let me just say that I was blown away by your uh panorama of truth presentation uh it was uh it was spiritual it was authentic it 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 hit home in a, in a real demonstrable way for me and you know i always like to, to let people know when their work is making a difference in transforming lives and and i'm not just speaking for myself but some of my other not just ministerial comrades in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, but some of the lay people that were also in attendance really spoke highly of your presentation. So thank you for being you. Oh, thank you. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed being there. It was such a beautiful, beautiful time in a beautiful place. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, obviously, you know, brought you on because I wanted to talk about your work and your book, et cetera. So could you let the uh, audience know a little bit about who you are? 
Oh boy, that's an interesting question. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I'm actually the last of 10 children. I was raised on the beach in Hawaii. And uh, my dad was a surgeon, but he was also an entrepreneur. He would do things to essentially what we noticed as kids is he would do things to always facilitate a fair exchange of value. And what I mean by that is as an entrepreneur, he built a couple of office buildings to house medical professionals because we didn't have any hospitals or doctor's offices on our side of the island. And he really championed bringing healthcare over to our side of Oahu and built these buildings to enable doctors to come. And he would put them up for free until they built up their practice and and uh, was able to serve the community in a in a great way. He also would remind us kids every day that there is a value in everyone and there's always a fair exchange if you allow people to get to that peaceful place. So people would show up at his office that needed very, very urgent medical attention, but they didn't have any money. And he would look them in the eye and say, you know what, you're a valuable, valuable person. And my job right now is to get you well. And someday when you feel peaceful and you can really think about it, you will come up with a fair exchange of value. And whether it's money, whether it's something you do for a living, it doesn't really matter. But there'll be some sort of fair exchange. And at the end of the year, around Christmas time and the end of the year, my dad would always comment as we saw piles and piles of stuff from patients, you know, food and clothing and surfboards and and toys and all sorts of stuff that people would make and give to my dad for he and his family. And he would always shake his head and, and look up and say, look how God has blessed us with this idea that everyone's valuable. I can never outgive God. As I gave, I received even more in return. And we all have taken that out into our business life. There's eight of us in the 10 that are entrepreneurs. I personally have been part, I've actually had the pleasure and privilege of being part of six different companies that I helped to start um, the four of them were in high technology, and my largest was about $120 million in annual revenues. And it's all been on the premise of a fair exchange of value. If you give something that's valuable to another person, you will receive even more because they are expressions of God. They're expressions of this creative source. And uh, it's worked very, very well in my business. And out of the 10 kids, there's eight of us that are all entrepreneurs. All right. All right. So at Panorama of Truth, you talked about how you were exposed to um, New Thought Principles, I believe, from your a book that someone gave you, I don't know if it was your mother or something, a Florence Scovel Shin book, and how that put you on the path to uh, working with spiritual principles in business as early as being a freshman or sophomore in college. Could you talk a little bit about that as well? I sure can. We were raised, um, of course, that principle that our dad taught us is a very new thought principle. And um, we were able to prove that a lot in in our uh, youth and also in school. And when I was 18 and I graduated from high school, my mother, who was a devout Catholic, who had converted from Seventh-day Adventist, 
had given me this very small book published in 1925 called The Game of Life and How to Play It, uh, written by Florence Scovel Shin. And if you know Emma Curtis Hopkins at all, um, I consider The Game of Life Emma for Dummies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's a real simple. <laughs> it's a very, very simple book, and if you just do what is written there, you will have good success. Because universal truths are universal truths, whether you believe it or not. And um, and so I practiced those principles, those new thought principles, and found that I was able to in my. Um, time at college to finish college in three years easily graduating with honors and building a company with 250 employees with franchises in two other states so it was really uncanny at how i was able to follow this divine uh, wisdom and this um, inspirational intuitive messaging that florence talks about this this magical you know insight that i was given to lead me to take steps to achieve my goals but the important part in new thought principles that i found is that you actually have to name what it is that's your good name what it is that you want to experience see that harvest in words thoughts and emotions long before you ever plant a seed all right, all right. So that that's a beautiful, beautiful testimony. So now let's transition to your book, The Path to Wealth, Seven Spiritual Steps for Financial Abundance. Um I really want to get into, you know, the 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 how and the why. The you know, what are the seven steps and how are they practically applied in a person's life? So I I actually was very resistant to writing a book. I should probably let you know that first. <laughs> I, uh, I had a couple of very, very strong beliefs, and many of us do. We come to this stage in our lives with, with beliefs that we learn from our families, from our culture, from our education, um, and even from our experience. And so we have some very strong beliefs, and I had two um, that I was butting up against. The first was that I went to public school in Hawaii, and that was always ranked, I think, 50 out of 50 states <laughs> in terms of the poorest education. Um, you know, we were our own country. We had a slang language, um, and we we just weren't taught a whole lot about uh, grammar, or at least we didn't receive it. Now, I was a really good student, but I, I skipped the English portion of the SAT deliberately because it was a really great day of surfing, and I wanted to go surfing. <laughs> so my, my friend and I just left the test and didn't do the English portion. So when I got to Seattle University, where I uh, was one of the schools I was accepted to, um, they told me that they had to retest me because there must be an error on the SAT and I asked them what the alternatives were and one of them was to take English as a second language with the foreign kids and uh, I thought about it and thought about it and felt this very strong urge to just say yes so I did I said if it's the same credits I'll do that and lo and behold in that class there were three other kids from Hawaii who 
legitimately needed to be there because they didn't do well on the SAT portion of the English part of the test. And I was able to help them get through the class and excel. And so I was really grateful that I was there. But nonetheless, I had this belief that I couldn't be an author because I went to a poor, you know, a a terrible high school and I took English as a second language. (laughs) Um, The second belief that I ran up against had to do with my exposure to very, very wealthy and successful business people. And every single one of them, and I'm talking about people that built you know, billion dollar businesses. There's a lot of them here in Seattle. And I got an opportunity to meet many of them who became mentors of mine. And they said, you know, you should do really well in business. You should make a lot of money. You should serve a lot of customers and support your employees, but remain anonymous because only spouting whales get harpooned. So here I am, after teaching this workshop that I that I teach to uh, new thought centers all over the world and even groups of CEOs and and different business people, I teach the Path to Wealth workshop. And after about the 500th person had gone through the workshop here in Seattle, the spiritual leadership had asked me if I would, um, you know, be willing to teach those workshops, which I did. But then a publisher asked me if I would write a book and. I was really resistant because of those two strong beliefs and new thought principles help you. I mean, even in your own center, in your own church, you teach people how to change beliefs using these principles. And so I really prayed on it and got some intuitive insight that said, honey, this is my project. This is God's project. You just show up and I'll work through the situation so that you can do what your purpose is, which is to bless others and be blessed. And sure enough, the book came out. Um, it, it made it to number two on Amazon's bestseller list. But the interesting thing is it made it into the personal finance category, which is much, much larger than the spiritual category. I mean, we're talking about a book that was higher ranked than than Dave Ramsey and Tony Robbins and Freakonomics and all sorts of different business and personal finance books. And it was really surprising to me, which was just another sign of how this book can help any group of people, not just those that, that identify with being spiritual or new thought oriented. This is, this is a book that reaches a much greater audience. And for that, I am so, so grateful. It's really, really simple. What I've done is I've combined goal attainment strategy or what I call goal, goal attainment 101 with gratitude and God. And for those people that have a real problem with the word God uh, in the business and secular community, it, we just call it intuition. Because Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Albert Einstein, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, uh, Thomas Edison, Steven Spielberg, all of them talk about the value of relying on intuition as a tool for success and, and, and a tool for very, very big success. And that's what we're doing. Intuition has a source and you can call it whatever you want. You can call it spirit, divine intelligence. It doesn't really matter you could call it Fred. Um, but, but the idea is that source is there and it will show up 
and give us directions to take if we're focused with our words, thoughts, and emotions on what we want the outcome to be. So whatever goal you have, these messages will show up in a much more obvious way if we're willing to notice them. So the path to wealth gives people a very, very efficient daily practice to follow. It takes 25 to 30 minutes every morning, and you're having a goal review, you know, a, a, a goal planning meeting with this source, with this infinite intelligence, with God. And you, you follow a, a very, very clear path um, that will, uh, a clear and repetitive process that will enable not only this intuition to show up, but also your subconscious will get involved and help point out possibilities in the way. So that's sort of the background on how the book came to be and what the purpose of it is. And the right. steps are real easy to follow if you'd like me to go over those. Yeah, well, before you go over the steps, um, and maybe, um, and I also want to make sure that I give people an opportunity to call in. I want to say to the audience that, you know, I actually started working with the book, as I stated, immediately after I got back from Panorama of Truth. So I'm on day whatever, uh, you know, and I've been daily working with it every morning and every evening. Uh, I've, you know, just like it's laid out, um, you know, just like it's laid out, I, I get up in the morning, I have a set time, I get up 30 minutes earlier than I used to, and May, to be honest, I've had an intuition explosion. I, I'm trying to figure out what do I need to do first, <laughs> because all of these ideas, you know, because it's just systematic and, and, and repetitive, as, as you stated before, you know, and, and obviously, you know, we like to walk through the steps, Um you know, with the audience, uh, probably when we come back from the break, because we have a break probably in a little less than three minutes, uh, where what I'm getting out of this process is uh, their actions that are consistent with what I'm writing on my gratitude list. You know, writing, as, as I'm sure you'll go into more detail, writing what you desire as if you, as if it already is and you're writing your gratitude letter. Um, when I get still and, and during the day, just stuff is just happening. There's no other way for me to say that. Stuff is just happening. And um, and it's a good way also to close out. And I'm I'm one of those types that will read everything. You know, I'm, you know, uh, a person that will read eight or nine books at, at the same time. And what it also has done for me is just kind of just put me back on a a bridge towards being focused on what it is that I say I want to demonstrate because I'm always, I don't want to say thirsting for knowledge, but I just like to play with information. It's just what my mind likes to do. And this gets me back to no, that's good. But also let's make sure that you're demonstrating what you need to have for you while you're looking for information to help others. Yeah, I, 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 your, your experience is very similar to the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people that contact me via Facebook and email and um, via our office phone and, and indicate that, that their life is starting to be on the path 
to the good that they desire simply by staying focused on it. You know, Florence Shin, who I told you I love, um, she said that that if we don't run our subconscious mind ourselves, if we don't plant the seeds ourselves with some deliberate intention, then other people will plant what we're supposed to focus on instead. And, you know, with this explosion of media and Internet and all sorts of social media and and written documents, you know, we can have our attention pulled away onto what other people think is important. And if we don't start our day every day focused on what our good is, then uh, we can sort of float like a rudderless boat. Yes, definitely, definitely. It's coming up time for our first break. So let me uh, make sure that I give the number uh, out to people who want to call in for the second um, part or the third part of the show. It's 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. Join Unity on September 14th for World Day of Prayer as we engage with people around the globe to explore living in peace-centered consciousness. Visit worlddayofprayer.org to see how you can participate at your local Unity Center or New Thought Community or watch the live-streamed events at Unity Village. Also join us on Facebook and Twitter, hashtag WDOP17. Wherever you are, please join us in affirming I am peace in the midst of all matters. Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Das, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to unity.org and click on Publications. Sometimes you might feel so alone with your problems, you don't know where to turn. We invite you to call Silent Unity, the 24-7 prayer ministry, where someone is waiting to pray with you every day at any hour. Listen and relax as you hear the beautiful words affirm the highest and best outcome for you and those you love. No matter what's going on in your life, Silent Unity is always standing by. The toll-free number is 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Forms. I have the author, Mae McCarthy, the, the author of 
path to wealth, the path to wealth. As my guest today, we have a caller. I believe it's uh, the Reverend Sherry James of Universal Principles for Universal Principles for Better Living Church in Los Angeles. Are you there, Reverend Sherry? I'm here. Hey, hey. Uh, understanding principles for better living understanding. church. Understanding. Uh, yes, yes. Of I was church. too fast. May. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So, May, this is Sherry. Uh, we talked. I know you're going to be in California, top of January, just to refresh your memory. Um, but, and I'm a fan. The question I have, because I think you said something that I think was key, was about overcoming the belief that it was okay to publish a book. And you talked about it being an influence of the entrepreneurs in Seattle to remain anonymous. But I feel like it's also true in the New Thought community, or maybe it's divided into two groups. Those who just go forward and court publicity, meaning by the work that they do, and those who feel like you're not really being spiritual if you are uh, putting yourself out there publicly. And I want to hear more about how you overcome came that belief because I feel like that's a little bit about where I am uh, personally with myself as an author and a speaker. Okay. So the thing about beliefs is that it, we'll, we'll go for a little science first of all. And what they've found in science when they've done some brain research has showed that we have some very, very strong what are called neural pathways. They're almost like grooves in our mind. They're super strong and they're tied to our beliefs and behaviors. That's why we can sometimes feel like we're stuck in a rut. We truly are. We're stuck in this rut of a mind groove because we somehow have have self-identified that this is the way I am. This is what's going to happen if I do this. You know, this whole projection of, of belief. Now, the good news about that is that we can actually strengthen a different neural pathway in our brain through repetition and making what we want familiar. So what I did personally is I started, of course, praying because that's where you go. And I started saying, if this is something I'm supposed to do, I need a definite lead CSO. I need a definite lead God. That if this is something I'm supposed to do and a door would open and I'd meet somebody who was, you know, a, a hairdresser, for instance, I met a guy that was a hairdresser and he had just published a book. And I thought, wow, if he could do that, I could do that. I'd be in the grocery store line talking to some woman while we're in this incredibly long line. And I would ask her, well, what do you do? Well, you know, I'm 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 I do this for a living, but I just published a book. And I thought, wow. If she could publish a book, I could publish a book. And I started talking to people who had done the same kind of thing that I was being called to do. And they didn't have any adverse effects. They didn't, uh, you know, get harpooned like a whale, like my friends said I would be. And then I went one step further and I started gathering uh, stories about other people that were famous or semi-famous who were wealthy, who were successful, and who had published books. And I read as much as I possibly could on their journey. And they didn't get harpooned. So, so what that was starting to do was make me believe that it was possible. You see, our brains, in addition to having this neuropathway issue, our brains also love us and want to protect us. And so anytime we're up against a belief 
or a past experience that didn't work out so well, or we had a goal that we didn't achieve and we were disappointed, our brain remembers that. And so what ends up happening is these intuitive and uh, messages are being sent to us from spirit. Our brain essentially puts spirit on mute. So we can't notice them because we're so wrapped up in this old belief where it's safe. It may not be where we want to be, but we know how to cope. We know it's familiar. And so often, if we don't make what we want as a new experience familiar by by learning about other people's journeys and their stories and by following and being open to receiving intuitive messages that say, this is okay, this could be your norm, like meeting the person in the grocery store or the hairdresser who had published their books. If we don't make what we want familiar so that it's not so scary, then then spirit's always going to be put on mute by our brain who wants to protect us and keep us in that mental equivalence, that that place where we're experiencing the highest level of good that we can stand. And the only way to increase that higher level of good is to start reading about and meeting other people that are doing what we want to do and continue to use the daily practice to proclaim, I am so grateful that I'm a published author who uses valuable information as guided and directed by spirit to bless others and to be blessed in return with financial increase, with satisfaction and fulfillment, with a sense of love and peace that I am living the divine plan for my life. So using repetition is the importance uh, the important part of this and making what you want the experience that you want familiar and welcome into your life does that help one hundred percent i um I resonated and that was actually one of the notes that I wrote down from Jamaica was to make what you want familiar to collapse the distance between what you want and and where you are today. Um, I have another follow-up question. This isn't something that you've spoken to, but you may have some insight on it. Um, One of the things that I have heard is put yourself next to people that you aspire to be like, meaning people who keep you on your toes as far as behavior, thinking, speaking. But I don't have any millionaires that I'm aware of in my vicinity. (laughs) What, What would you say to someone like me who is, you know, in a, in a, I don't know, modest community, how to reach out and get next to people who are living the kinds of lifestyles that I see myself living. Um, well, first of all, really, really taking the time to identify your good. All right. So, and, and describe it as though it's already complete with gratitude. So if, if all you want to do is be a millionaire, there are millionaires in, in lots of different industries and there's lots and lots of places where they show up at conferences or um, uh, different kinds of uh, uh, public events and you can certainly meet them. But assuming that being a millionaire is certainly is just a gift as a result of using your skills and talents in remarkable and fulfilling and satisfying ways to bless the others and be blessed, you know, what does that look like for you knowing that the financial reward comes along with that? Um, that those are the people you want to hang out with or or find 
or read stories about or all of the above. So if it happens to be in the industry of spirituality, I mean, there are a number of different kinds of conferences. Um, there are a number of different kinds of, uh, especially with social media, lots of different online forums um, where there are people who are using their skills and talents in that wonderful way that you want to use yours and are also rewarded financially for that. Um, Well, you're in the L.A. area, and one person that keeps coming to mind, because I think he's one of the biggest personalities down there, is um, uh, Michael Beckwith. You know, he runs a a pretty big church, but he's he's out and about everywhere, and he's online, um, and he's involved in different things. I'm not saying that you need to hang out with him. What I'm saying is you could read a little bit more about his story and about how he is comfortable and welcomes a financial increase as a result of using his skills and talents and gifting this to others. Um, there's another, uh, there's, there's several other people I can think of that are in the realm of spirituality who are doing really great work and are being financially blessed. There's a, a guy who has a, um, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find his name, but he has a, a essentially a, a YouTube television show. I got a chance to be on it and I'm, and his name is escaping me, but he's going out and using spiritual tools to transform all sorts of different kinds of businesses. And he's producing films and, and receiving financial reward, but that's not the goal. The goal is to use his skills and talents in remarkable and fulfilling and satisfying ways to bless others and be blessed in return, which includes Financial freedom. Um, so yeah. getting clear on, um, on naming your good and describing what your life is like having already achieved it. Now, if you want to have financial increase as a result of, of business, you know, that's a different story. There's, a, there's slews of business people out there in lots of different events. If, it wa- if you want the financial increase as a result of uh, baking, <laughs> you know, there's Mrs. Fields. She has a great story. I think her, she, her business now is, you know, over $5 billion in net worth. And everybody told her she couldn't, she couldn't be uh, a successful businesswoman because she had no skills. And she proved them wrong. So... Thank you. Thank you. That's very helpful. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope to see you soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am planning to see you when you get here. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Reverend Sherry. Uh, Thanks for the call in. And that was valuable information that your uh, questions inspired. Um, May, I I did want to uh, allow the people to know what the seven steps are before we get to the second break, uh, which is in about six minutes. Do you think you can, you know, or we can split them up as as you need to, but what are the basic seven steps? And I also want you to talk a little bit about the CSO, uh, you know, however you feel as though you need to do it. Okay. Well, we may need to split this up. Okay. But um, the CSO is, is simply a title, that I gave to that ultimate advisor characteristic of spirit 
that guides me through intuition. And intuition can show up in a number of different ways. It can be, you know, a feeling in your body, in your gut or your heart. It could be a very strong thought that pops into your head without warning um, that keeps popping into your head until you take some action. It could be a message from somebody else that just resonates with you, this, this awareness that that's for you. I've even seen signs on on billboards or in magazines where I'll read something, even though I missed it, you know, hundreds of other times driving past that billboard, that one day when I need that message, I know that that's for me. So intuition can show up. And I decided that I wanted to give a name to that characteristic, that source of intuition, ultimate advisor characteristic. In in New Thought, we give the characteristics of spirit lots of different names we call it love truth power um all-knowing universal intelligence um god holy spirit you know we have lots of different characteristic names for spirit so i decided that the ultimate advisor characteristic name should be given a title in my company so i i brought spirit into my business and gave it the title chief spiritual officer and i as a ceo reported to it And it was a symbol for all of our employees, not a religious symbol, but a symbol that if we stayed focused on what we wanted the outcome to be in any situation, if the customer was upset about something, what would be the outcome that we desire? Well, that would be a peaceful customer who's happy and that all of our systems work flawlessly for them. If it's a snowstorm in Pittsburgh and, you know, what would be our good? Our good is that that somehow it lets up to allow us to fly out and get home to our family. And I'm so grateful for that. So as I con- as I shared that our employees should stay focused on what they want as a desired outcome in every situation, we had all sorts of creative insights and, and opportunities and possibilities that presented themselves almost miraculously to enable our small company who was competing against three Fortune 20 companies, we were able to become market share leader in less than three years um, for our products and services. And I know it's because of this ultimate advisor characteristic of spirit guiding and directing us as long as we did our job to stay focused on what we wanted the outcome to be. So I put together a very efficient daily practice and I broke it up into the morning goal review review practice the afternoon uh, or throughout the day, steps five and six, and then the end of the day where we release anything that is not serving us and taking up room within us, we release that at the end of the day right before we go to sleep. So there's seven steps, and I'm, I'm looking at the clock, and I know you've got a break coming up here. So what I will do is tell people before the break that you need to have some tools You need to someplace in your home have a a spiral notebook or a journal, a pen, and a uplifting book to read. And the first four steps of the day, that daily goal planning meeting, you're actually going to be meeting with your CSO or whatever you call that ultimate advisor characteristic and having a review of your goals every single day. Mm. That's right. 
That's right. So and it, it works. And it works <laughs> on top it of that. <laughs> so very, very briefly, the first step is to read something uplifting for five minutes to put you in a receptive mood. The second step is to write out a gratitude letter to your CSO for the things that you have and the things that you want as though you've already achieved them. That'll take about 10 minutes. The third step is to read what you wrote out loud. Speak it out loud so that you can anchor the meaning more fully within you. And that'll take about five minutes. And then finally, the fourth step is to use an imaging technique. Uh, much the same as many professional athletes use. They see themselves in the completed goal of winning the competition or performing at their highest level. You'll take one, maybe two of your goals, close your eyes, and imagine seeing yourself in the completed goal. Those four steps will take about 25 to 30 minutes every morning. And then you go about your day, and we can talk about steps five and six when we come back. All right. That sounds like a plan. So, again, if you want to call in and ask May a question, you can call in at 888-558-6489. Let me remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transformed with Reverend Galen McDowell. Like it, please. Give it a five-star review and a positive review. The show's podcasts are also on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you listen to these shows on iTunes or Stitcher, please give it a positive Five, five star, whatever the highest rated review is, so we can spread this new thought message around the world. Last point, please remember that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to unity.fm and click on the giving button. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Every moment we live can be holy, and all we need to do to experience that state is to make the decision to do so. Everything we do can be a prayer, and by using our innate creativity with intention, in every aspect of our lives, that can indeed be true. Author Carla Kincannon wrote, Creativity is so much more than art making. It is a tool for navigating through everyday experiences to find the sacred in each God-given moment. Discover Creative Spirit, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time, and experience the joy of connecting to spirit through creative expression.
Finding peace wherever you are, even in times of chaos, is a spiritual practice handed down to us by master teachers through the ages. And that's the theme for this year's World Day of Prayer, Finding Peace in the Midst. Join Unity on September 13th and 14th for its 24-hour prayer vigil with ceremonies at Unity Village that will be live-streamed online. Go to worlddayofprayer.org to light a virtual candle or submit names for prayer on this special day. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Rev. Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right, we're back with Mae McCarthy, the author of The Path to Wealth. Uh, May, you were going through the processes of steps five, six, and seven. We're about to present them. So please, what are steps five, six, and seven? Okay, so we went over the morning practice, and now we're out and about throughout our day, and that's where steps five and six happen. Step five is to expect and watch for leads. Leads are those intuitive and subconscious messages that guide us to take steps. And the step that we get might not lead to our completed goal, but it's a step on the path to achieve our completed goal. And so we expect and watch for those and then take the step that we're led to take. Or if you feel unsure, if you're scared, if you're, you don't feel that level of confidence in taking a step, if your rational mind is interfering and trying to talk you out of it, then simply ask for another lead. So whatever you choose to name that ultimate advisor characteristic of spirit, you simply say, CSO, I need another lead and you'll get one. What you're not allowed to do is do nothing. And let me give you an example of this. I have a friend of mine, she's in her mid-50s, and she had asked, you know, one of her good uh, statements was to have a sound retirement plan so that as she aged, she was financially secure and lived a wonderful life in retirement. Well, she didn't even have a savings account. I mean, she had barely enough money every month to make ends meet, and here she is every morning writing out that what her new life is already like with a sound financial retirement plan. And she gets this thought of this woman that she hadn't thought of in years. And she couldn't quite remember how they ended the relationship. You know, did it end on a bad note or, you know, why did they, you know, just stop conversing? She couldn't remember. So she was very nervous about contacting this woman now in my in in this process if you get a strong thought you're supposed to take action and the action she should have taken was to call this woman to track her down but she didn't but what she did do was say cso i need another lead well that woman kept coming to mind over several days and finally my friend said okay this is just really obvious I better track her down. So she called her. Well, they struck up a beautiful and wonderful conversation and caught up on all sorts of things. And the woman asked my friend, what prompted you to call me? And she says, well, I've I've started this new prosperity program. And it says that if we have intuitive leads, like strong thoughts or something, we should go ahead and take action. And you came to mind. So I knew that meant I needed to call you. As they discussed my friend's goals, 
The woman said, you're kidding me. You have a goal for a sound retirement plan? I just put together a group of women that are in high finance. And we meet on a monthly basis and we talk about all sorts of things, including retirement plans. And we even pool a little small bit of money together and invest together and learn about that. Do you want to join us? So my friend joined and I checked in with her several months later. She received thousands and thousands of dollars worth of free advice to put together a plan and was even able to um, get together an idea of how she's going to fund that plan. And she's well on her way. And God did even better. God provided her with a group of women who are now friends of hers, who she really enjoys, and who are living lives at a financial level that she wants to live. So she's making her new goal of financial increase consistent with what she sees as possibility. And I have no doubt that she'll get there. So if you get a lead and you're unsure, just ask for another lead. Once you get comfortable with taking a step, take a step like my friend did in contacting this woman. She took the step and it resulted in even greater good for her. uh, So expect and watch for leads. The sixth step is to celebrate when you get a lead and take a step. And you need a celebration partner to do this. I have a celebration partner in Seattle and another one in Louisiana. And so what we do for the Louisiana one is we'll type the word celebrate. And my friend, the woman, did the same thing. She contacted me and said, I've, I, I have something to celebrate. I, I got a thought of this woman and I contacted her. And I've been invited to join her group. Now, that didn't mean she reached her goal, but she celebrated because she got a lead and she took a step. The next thing as part of step six is to write that down. So you keep a small little notebook with you at all times. And when you get a lead and you take a step, you write it down because that's your proof. And as you accumulate proof that this process is working, you'll start to build a level of confidence that will help you to know that this is this success is a system. It's not a secret. It's a system and it works every single time as we get our beliefs in line with that which we desire. And then finally, step seven happens right before you go to sleep at night. This is a time when you sort of just think of anything that happened during the day that you could be grateful for and you say thank you. CSO, thank you that I got, you know, a number of different parking spaces up front and I didn't have to get wet in the rain. Thank you, CSO, for my relationship with my family. Thank you for this, for that. Whatever comes to mind, you just say thank you. And then the second part of step seven is to recite a giving forth prayer. This is a prayer that allows you to release anything that's taking up room within you and put it over here on the side. Because you can't receive the good that you desire unless you make room for it. So by reciting this prayer, it releases it from you, puts it over here on the side, so you now have room to receive what you want. Now, that doesn't mean that that pile of stuff on the side might not need a little more forgiveness attention. And if it does, I highly encourage people to get the help and the support and the resources that they need. But this practice is a goal attainment practice. So in order 
to receive more of what you want in life, you have to release what you is is taking up room and not serving you. And the cool thing about the prayer is that you don't even have to believe the words. They still work to remove it from you to make room for more of the good that you want. And those are the seven steps. All right, beautiful, beautiful. And I will say that the prayer, forgiveness prayer that you have on your book, page 77, because I you know, have my book in my hand, uh, is powerful and it covers whatever a person might need to work with, unless obviously they want to do one that they wrote or was inspired to write for themselves. If not, you put it in the book and it allows people to just follow it. So maybe um, because we have about four minutes left, how can people get in contact with you and how can they get your book? Well, first of all, for your listeners, if they go to maymccarthy.com, that's maymccarthy.com, there's an ability for them to download the first three chapters for free. So, um, you know, if they want to check it out, they can certainly do that. And then it's also available at all the online retailers, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, as well as a number of different spiritual bookstores. Beautiful. So maymccarthy.com. Beautiful, beautiful. And I, I, I do remember you saying you were booked through 2017, but you are also available to present this technology. I'm going to call it because I really believe it's a technology uh, in, in its own way. Uh, you're open and available to present at wherever somebody's willing to um, have you teach people how to live better lives. Absolutely. I I travel all over the world and it is my great joy and privilege and and pleasure to be able to go and speak with uh, communities. I just finished at Unity of uh, Tustin in Orange County, California last week, and I'm going to Montana next week. And we've got a whole schedule that's listed on my website. Um, So if people want to see if I'm coming nearby or if they'd like me to come, um, please get in touch with me and I'd be happy to see if I can make an arrangement to do that. That'd be great. That'd be great. So, uh, we have a few minutes left and one of the things that I wanted to, uh, share from, uh, share with you from working with the material so far is that I believe that this practice really puts people into action. Um, there, um, as we were talking about in the break, that sometimes people have a tendency not to be definite, you know, and, you know, I'm so spiritual that I don't have to focus on my good. The Holy Spirit just brings it to me without thought. And if that works for you, great, but that's not the normal experience of most people. So I, I think that, you know, and if you can, you know, maybe briefly say something about why is it necessary to actually actively work with divine principle? Well, what I've noticed, especially since we've got so much more information out there, I mean, we've got so many different outlets for information now, and it's easy to get our attention focused on, you know, whatever station happens to be on, whatever newspaper happens to be in front of us, whatever, whatever is being said in the world about anything. It's really easy to have that grab our attention. And I believe so strongly that words, thoughts, and emotions, whatever we're putting our attention on is in fact what's going to show up in our life. So 
it's very important to be deliberate on starting every day by programming, I think Inc. Magazine called my daily practice a simple morning routine to prime your brain for success. And it really is. It's a simple morning routine that that essentially is saying, this is my good. Regardless of anything else that I see throughout the day, this is the good that I desire. And what will happen is everything around you will start to filter through that lens of your good, and you'll notice more possibilities and evidence of that being yours. The best way to to um, identify that uh, actually working is thinking about the last time you bought a car. You know, you you think about buying a new car, you you start to review the models, maybe even go test drive a new car. And then all of a sudden you start to notice that car driving around everywhere because you've been focusing your attention on that good, that car that is going to be yours. And so this all this data is filtered by your brain and also your intuition to show you possibilities and evidence of that being true. My my belief is if we focus on the good that we desire, including the good for our world, all right, proclaim that as a goal, that we are living in a peaceful, harmonious world that is where everyone operates in respect and dignity towards each other, and that we're helpful and loving, and together we uplift humanity in a safe and harmonious way. Make that a goal, and what you'll do is see opportunities to do your part, to enable that to happen as opposed to always noticing what's wrong. So be deliberate, be definite. You had a great quote from Reverend Ike that uh, I just love that you'll have to share. Uh, yes. Reverend Ike used to tell his students and to be definite with the infinite, be definite <laughs> with the infinite. So with that, we're going to have to wrap up. May it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. You're officially now a part of the UFBL family, just so you know. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. What a treat. <laughs> so so I know that our paths will cross many times going forward. Amen. All right. So thank you again. Uh, listeners, get the book, get the book, get the book, get the book, and then work it. Because as Reverend Coleman used to say, it works if you work it. So let's work it. God bless you. Take care. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, 
the voice of an awakening world. Join Unity on September 14th for World Day of Prayer as we engage with people around the globe to explore living in peace-centered consciousness. Visit worlddayofprayer.org to see how you can participate at your local Unity Center or New Thought Community or watch the live-streamed events at Unity Village. Also join us on Facebook and Twitter, hashtag WDOP17. Wherever you are, please join us in affirming I am peace in the midst of all matters. Haven't we all stood on the bank of a quiet pond and tossed a stone into the water? Haven't we seen the ripples move outward from the place where the stone entered the water until the whole surface of the pond danced with the movement of energy? Before long, we could no longer clearly see the point where the stone entered the water. My inner environment of thoughts and feelings behaves much like a pond. When I introduce a thought of peace into my mind and heart, that single thought creates a ripple effect that really does change the world. From its beginning point within me, peace ripples out to fill my inner world and continues to move out into the world around me. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.